0: Today is Monday, August 10, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first order of business, let's just take a look at the daily chart, get our assessment from a big picture perspective, and then we'll drill down from there. So, on the daily chart, we have an important number on the screen. There's another number on the futures chart, we're going to get to that in a moment. 333.48 is essentially the gap that was filled last week. We've been trading over the gap. The longer we trade over the gap, the less significant this number becomes. They've already filled the gap. Within a day or so, it could be considered a recapture. Now we've traded over it three days in a row. Basically, the bottom line is, I'll leave it up there for now, but for all intents and purposes, that number is done. The market isn't an uptrend. The trend is our friend until it's not. We know all that stuff. The next question we have to ask from a daily chart perspective is, what's the next stop on the train? We're close to new highs, but there are a couple of prices before we get to new highs that the market will run into and may provide some, quote unquote, overhead resistance. What exactly are those prices well if we just reel back the clock a little bit you can see here that we're approaching the all-time highs there's a gap over here that comes in at 336.95 the next number I have is up at 338 and then the all-time high comes in at 33908 so those are your numbers let's go back to the right and let's talk about it for a minute there's a couple of things going on a the markets headed to a destination do we know exactly what that destination is? No, and we don't have to. I'll get back to that in a moment. The other thing that's going on is the all-time highs certainly act like a magnetic force drawing the market up either to, close to, or even through the all-time highs. The final destination before some kind of a pullback may be above the all-time highs, may be short of the all-time highs. We don't know. How are we to find out? We wait for a sign and or signal of a trend change. Then we have something to trade against. Nothing has changed. We also said that we're in the zone in both price and time where the market can certainly put in a top, a turn. And the top, mind you, doesn't have to be a long-term top with a crash attached to it. A top is a top and it morphs into something else. If it morphs into a longer sustained correction lasting many months or more, that's fine. We don't have to know that in advance. All we have to do is be able to identify the turn and the rest takes care of itself. We don't need to worry about that until we see a sign and or signal of a trend change. Having something to trade against is paramount. It's quote unquote uber important. And by the way, there's nothing that says the market can't continue up for another few days Few weeks, several points. Having that awareness is basically the same thing as respecting the uptrend. Think of it this way. The uptrend is akin to the team captain. As a player, you respect the team captain. You don't always have to agree with the team captain, but he's the captain for a reason. You respect the captain until proven otherwise. What's the other side in the short term? What happens if we wake up to a rug pulled out scenario, the market's trading down, why would that happen? Primarily because of what? Turnaround Tuesday. I'm not saying that is going to happen, but it's an awareness. If you wake up to red, what's the deal? Inside the numbers members will realize and remember that 332 was uber important as well. So for the purposes of this hypothetical conversation, let's just assume the market is trading down in the morning for some reason, unbeknownst at this time, nor does it really matter. If it's trading down and they're below 333.48, for example, 332, give or take, is the next stop. And if that doesn't work, meaning if that doesn't hold, they're likely to go down and finally fill this gap that will be filled at some point 330 to round things it's actually 330.03 we'll just use 330 it's a nice big fat juicy round number we have the northern case we talked about those numbers we have the southern case we talked about those numbers and we are officially the umpire calling balls and strikes take notice of this hourly chart it's basically in a grind higher in an uptrend Fair enough. Do we have any other images on other charts that really matter? 120 minute chart, you expect no different, same routine. 240 chart, same routine. The market's grinding toward the highs. The duck is around the highs it's another spike higher what about inside the numbers let's check out what the commentary was today we'll also take a look at stocks on the move and for those that are active and trading in the market during the trading day this is valuable information don't take my word for it see what's in the notes stop the video go back to the charts see if it was right wrong or indifferent as we get into the week Early Monday, we wake up to a quiet futures market, and we just note to make sure we have the awareness that we are in the summer doldrums. We were discussing it last week. It is what it is. That will pass, but now we have what we have. A little bit more awareness stuff. Let's move it along a little bit. Early thoughts. This is pre-market. Where's the big spot? If they drop them during an early morning shakeout operation, and we said we would mention this later, now is later. There was another gap in the futures contract, it was 3338.50, and that was a number we needed to know early. Running a test is certainly not out of the question, it is garden variety market behavior. Still pre-market, 9 o'clock, we want to note where the resistance likely is up north, 3355.5. Why is that? It was the overnight highs, no magic. Just for argument's sake, here's a 15-minute chart of the ES contract, and you can see here the high, 3355.25 at 10 o'clock in the morning. So early on, we didn't have to worry about the early shakeout just yet. They went up to the resistance area, so we're prepared either way. Now they hit the resistance, let's move forward with the notes. Therefore, we move it along. After the open, now they're heading toward the overnight highs. Nothing staggering, just floating their way up there. For now, ES3349 will provide some short-term early support. Moving right along. 949, one tick short of the overnight high cited earlier, little pullback. So they did the thing they were supposed to do if we're in the garden variety camp. 335 SPY 335 should be early support. So therefore, getting below means something else is going on. Let's move it along. Again, please stop the video, read the notes, go back to the charts to see what happens to see if this kind of information can be beneficial to you. So now they're starting to fall. 1044, let's say they finally fill the gap. Can they go below? This is the gap left open from Friday's close. And the answer is, yes, of course, but where's the next spot? The next spot is, of course, 333.48, see how it repeats? How do we know if that's on the table? If they start getting below and closing below 334.54. We take the stair steps along the way, whether the market's going up or down, they're gonna go to resistance or support areas and typically have at least some kind of a reaction. 10.58 post, they should complete the test of 333.48 at this point. If they go lower, they'll head towards 333 and should get a bounce there. Let's just cut right to the chase. Five minute chart, right at the vertical today's activity. 333.48 is the top line. 333 even is the bottom line. How you doing? Take off from there. It was just an early shakeout operation, moving right along. Once they recaptured 333.48, the next stop on the return trip is 334.80 to 335. Same chart. On the way up, you see 334.80 to 335. They reach there and pull back. No surprise, because it was resistance. At the time, or at any time, we don't know if resistance is going to be resistance for an extended period of time or just a point in time. Resistance is resistance, and once reached, we begin to make the next assessment. That's how we analyze the market in real time. I talk a lot about breakup candles, even on a five-minute chart. Look at this breakup candle. Look at the low of the breakup candle, 334.39. And you can see here, the low here was 334.34. So they didn't close below it, but they turned around. And all they did was run a test of this breakup candle low. This is on a five-minute chart. And here's what I teach in the course lazy e-mini trader and I say it here all the time. What's here? Here is the continuing education. What I say all the time is all charts act and react the same way. 5-minute chart, 60-minute chart, daily chart, anything in between and beyond. Doesn't matter. Moving right along. 1140 post. Why was 333 the number below the gap and why support? So I wanted traders to understand why that was Got a couple of questions about that number. So I figured, okay, I'll put it up on the board. It's a learning opportunity. How is that? Because all charts act and react the same way, which means what you see here today is going to repeat on a different chart, on a different stock, on a different market, whatever it is, it's going to repeat. All you have to do is be able to identify it. One thing I didn't mention when I made this post is that it's also into the 20 period Moving average on this hourly chart. Just another added thing in the full stack. Moving right along. Got quiet into the end of the day. It's the summer doldrums. Let's continue moving along. And you see that is the end of the day. But we still have stocks on the move left to discuss. So we actually had two hit their targets today, not three. On this form or this page, it says three. There was a data feed issue with Las Vegas Sands today, so we'll just ignore that. It did not hit the price objective. We had two short trades on the board today. SPG was one, LVS was the other. Two that hit their targets were, of course, SPG and Sohu. So we'll take a look at those charts. First up, Sohu, it was a dud. Getting a haircut at the open, 2075 was the first number, 1983 was the second. The stop was down here, it never closed below the stop on an hourly close. The stops are there for a reason. They're not arbitrary. The stops are also important numbers. So essentially, Sohu went down to test the stop, running a test. Net-net, it was a scratch. No loss, no gain, nothing doing. When you average the two numbers, that's pretty much where the stock settled out. It basically gave you the scratch all you wanted. It was just a dud. SPG was not a dud. The number on the board as a short trade was $68.75. It's pretty obvious what happened. Instead of a haircut at the opening bell, what this stock was doing was getting a boost at the opening bell. But as soon as they got to resistance, the balloon popped, the helium came out, the stock came down to 65 bucks at the end of the day. The same things apply when we buy stocks into support. The same things apply as selling them into resistance. The challenge is, in an uptrending market, it's harder to be in a short trade when all the markets are typically on the rise. It's easier to buy a stock into support. However, when the trend does change, it will be easier to sell into resistance on stocks gapping up in the morning as opposed to buying into support in a market that may be in a downdraft. We'll cross that bridge When it arrives, nothing we need to worry about today. Just saying. What's going on over in camp IWM? Nothing's changed. Still moving higher. The trend is up. Nothing wrong with the IWM and is still leading the market. So guess what? It is my favorite market leading indicator. The IWM was up 1% today against the SPY. That was up about a quarter of a percent. Remember this chart from the weekend video? Where are they headed they're headed toward this breakdown candle high. Intro week, they can go anywhere. Are they expected to close above that high at the end of this week, for example? Not so much. On the first run up there, they're likely to have some kind of a reaction in the other direction. Net-net for the IWM, no change. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. We've been saying it. It's been rising, they made this nice eating time off the clock, bull flagish pattern over here, we talked about it at the time, stayed above the moving averages, and guess what, here they go. Now, we discussed last week, where are they actually headed? What type of magnetism is drawing the transports to where? Looking at the weekly chart, we had a couple of spots, we had a breakdown candle high, they're done with that, then we had a gap, they filled that today, and... Closed above the gap. Now, mind you, that's a weekly gap. Close above it on Friday, different story than closing above on Monday. The trend is your friend until it's not. And certainly, in the case of the transports, we respect the captain. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What's going on out there? They're coming down while everything else is going up. What gives? Some money is coming out of the tech space. It's not necessarily running into the bond market, it's not coming out across the entire market. It's coming out of the tech space. But the IWM was up, the S&P was up, albeit not that much, but it was up. The Dow was up. It was the Lone Ranger on the downside, was the Qs or the NASDAQ in the hole. What do we do with that information? Well, A number one is it's still in an uptrend. So therefore, working off some of the quote-unquote immeasurable overbought condition Is not a big deal. They're near the all-time highs. It's not a big deal. They're above all the moving averages. There's technically nothing wrong with this market. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table for the fact that money is coming out of the tech space. Not the entire tech space, but it's coming out. So it's a puzzle piece, and it's on the table. Could it be a tell? Could the S&P run up to punch through the all-time high, turn around, and the cues were the tell the whole time? Absolutely. It's an awareness. That's why it's a puzzle piece and it's on the table. What about the financials? Remember, without the financials, it's unlikely the market's going to get very far. So guess what? If the financials, at least today and Friday, have been on the rise, so it's unlikely without the financials falling down south, it's unlikely we're going to see the rug pulled out from the market anytime soon. Now if that turns around and we get some kind of a black swan or the financials are melting away and the SMH, which we'll take a look at in a moment, is melting away and other stuff is melting away. Those are the tells. That's why these things become puzzle pieces one at a time. We're building the puzzle just because we don't have a clear picture of anything other than The trend is your friend and they're grinding higher just because that's the only picture we have on the table. That's fine. Doesn't mean the picture won't change three or four or five days from now. That's why we have to build the picture one puzzle piece at a time. Speaking of Smash Mouth, anything doing over there today? It was flat for the most part. Up 12 cents, down 12 cents is basically a rounding error. So it looks like the cues. we're not going to make anything more out of it than we just discussed as it relates to the cues. So guess what? I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord. We covered a lot of stuff in the weekend video. We covered everything we needed to today. We'll see what happens on Turnaround Tuesday. I'm going to pull the ripcord here now. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.